I just want to look at a couple of scriptures. Just, uh, I suppose we're finishing off uh, 2022 and uh, looking into 2023. We could ask the question of people, well, what did you do in 22? Now, for some people, they could say, well, I had a pretty good time. Things went to, uh, uh, generally pretty well. I found a few things to rejoice about. Uh, maybe I visited some of the sick. Uh, perhaps I found some gems in the scriptures. Uh, maybe some special things happened in your family and things that you would really rejoice in. But for most of the world, and I really mean that, for most of the world, what they ended up with during this year was episodes of brokenheartedness. A sister from England was telling me the other day about how uh, uh, there's a number of uh, you know, mothers, wives and mothers uh, over in, uh, in England, and it'll be through other countries in Europe as well. And they're alone because they've left uh, places like the Ukraine and uh, they've gone, but they've left their, their husbands and they've left their sons there to fight and they don't know what the end of that's going to be. We could look just for them, but the choices that have been made uh, uh, in Russia as well, thousands and thousands of, uh, of young men and women uh, have been cured because they've been sent into a situation that uh, they perhaps haven't been able to reason out why they're really there. There might have been all sorts of other things that have happened for them. There might have been people that have gone through uh, terrible collapses of relationships over this last year. As well as those things, there have been the famines. And you can imagine the feeling in yourself about where you look and say you've got your children or your family and you're unable to provide for them. And you see the anguish and perhaps you see the, uh, you know, the, the, there's tears and a longing. They want you to help them and to do something about it. There are so many people that that's been their experience in 2022. Just a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I, I guess I've been thinking about it ever since, uh, there was a uh, thing on the radio and they were talking about this upsurge, and they actually use a term, the broken-hearted syndrome. Now, that's not the same as having a heart attack, but to people can have the same sort of feelings as if they were having a heart attack. We hear at times about people that might have died because of a broken heart. They, uh, they, they uh, uh, have this uh, you know, widowhood type situation as well. Somebody loses uh, their spouse or they have the same reaction, say if they lose their, their children or some other loved one, and it actually affects and changes their heart. And they get pain there. And they get all sorts of difficulties. There's a number of things that uh, can cause that. Uh, there's, there's, there is depression can cause this to happen. It can be things like anger, great outbursts of anger, or it could be an episode of fear that people go through. It could be those things, the death of a loved one. It might be, as I said, your spouse, it might be a child, it might be a parent, and that can really affect people. People might go through divorce and then feel the rejection, betrayal, and all the things that go along with that, and it affects their heart. And the studies have shown that those episodes actually do change a little bit the shape of a person's heart, and it does not work as effectively as it should. And so this has actually come up 
the broken heart syndrome. And we think, well, what can we do about that? Now, Pastor Phil was there saying about the preaching of the gospel that we want to be doing, and we've got this great plan that we want to see a lot of people already in the Lord, ready for our convention. Not waiting for the convention to come and then hoping that something happens. But if you would with me, please, would you open to Luke chapter 4? We've only got a few minutes to have a look at a couple of things here. We're going to find a couple of words of, uh, of Jesus. Yeah, it was Jesus who chose himself, that he looked at the world and he didn't look too much where the house of feasting was. There's a couple of great scriptures in Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and in verse 2. And it's advice for us to be like the Lord. And it says it's better to go into the house of mourning than to the house of feasting. This is because that's the end of all men, the, the house of mourning. It says, and the living will lay it to heart. They'll actually get a right perspective if you've actually spent some time during 2022, if that's something that you were happy to do in 2022, then you probably learnt something during this year. And you probably found about how the Lord gives you the ability to comfort other people. But you saw the comfort that he gives to others. A brother was there saying about uh, when he came along and his uh, father tragically died just a couple of nights ago. And he found out about the comfort of the Lord. In verse 4 of Ecclesiastes 7, it says, The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning. It says, But the heart of fools is in the house of mirth. If people are only ever looking for the party scene, and where might I just get a bit of entertainment and so on, they'll be a shallow and a poor person for that. When Jesus came and he'd stored this up, for so long that he was going to be able to say these words. But he didn't only say them himself, but he invited us to be able to say them. In Luke chapter 4, we read about uh, verse 16. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it is written. You imagine that. Jesus has come in. He knows his mission. He knows the things that were aforetime written of him. And you can sort of imagine just a little pause. I'm ready to do this now. And then he read. And it's from uh, Isaiah 61. There's a couple of little details in Isaiah 61 that are not quite here. We might just sort of consider those in a moment. And he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. We don't have in here about when he paused or what his manner was, how quietly he said it, but he grabbed the attention of all of the people. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. For anybody here tonight and doesn't know about the Holy Spirit experience that so many of us have uh, uh, experienced. The Spirit of the Lord is with us. We've received a gift, it's called the promise of the Father, it's called the Comforter, 
It's called the Holy Ghost. And that lives inside of us and it motivates us. It encourages, it gives hope, it gives faith, it brings love. It has so many things in a person's life. He started off with that. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's appointed, he's anointed me to preach the gospel. He's anointed us to preach the gospel. And that's what we're going to be looking into at the beginning of 2023. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. How many people in the world at the moment need to hear that? He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, and set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, back in Isaiah 61, when it talks about the brokenhearted, I'm wondering whether along the line with the plan, it sort of, whether it became just that little bit more perfect as the Lord was anticipating he was going to be able to put things into action. Because back in Isaiah 61, it says, you're going to send me to bind up the brokenhearted. And that literally means to wrap firmly, I guess, to give the heart some support and to try to protect it and keep it strengthened and keep it operating. I'm going to bind up the brokenhearted. And Jesus came. No, I'm not just going to hold it together. I'm going to heal it. I'm going to make such a difference in a person's life they're going to go from that broken heart in this one day to, uh, to, to something different altogether the next day. There's a couple of things in there. But actually, what I did find, a number of people, a number of you, would remember a song from way back in the 1960s. It was, What Becomes of the Brokenhearted? And there's a whole heap of people that actually, they have these words, I guess, coursing through their minds continuously in their life from the episodes that they have had during this year. I'll just read a little bit out of this song. I won't sing it to you because that would be unkind on New Year's Eve <laughs> or, or at any other time. So we won't do that. And in this, this song, it says, As I walk this land with broken dreams, I have visions of many things. But happiness is just an illusion that's filled with sadness and confusion. It says, What becomes of the brokenhearted who had love that's now departed. I know I've got to find some kind of peace of mind. Maybe. And then goes on. It says, the roots of love grow all around, but for me, they come tumbling down. Every day, heartache grows a little stronger. I can't stand this pain much longer. I walk in the shadow searching for light, cold and alone, no comfort in sight. Hoping and praying for someone to care, always moving and going nowhere. So what becomes of the brokenhearted who had love has now departed? Now I've got to find some kind of peace of mind. Help me. As I said in the, in the song. At the end of that song, there was no help that came. Would you go with me, if you would, back to Psalm 147. Psalm 147, there's a couple of my favourite little lines that are in here. I'm going to work backwards on it. In verse 5, it says, Great is our Lord, 
and of great power, his understanding is infinite. Now, he can make a boast in that if he likes. It actually literally means his understanding infinite, is without number. He'd be off any scale of IQ test. But the verse before that is another ability. He tells the number of the stars and he calls them all by their names. But you know, in a way, those couple of verses that talk about his magnificence, his knowledge, his understanding, they're in a way a little afterthought from what's in verse 3. The God who knows that and can do everything, he heals the broken in heart and he binds up all their wounds. Do you know in the book of Luke, chapter, 20, uh, uh, chapter 21 and verse 26, it tells about the world that we're in and men's hearts failing them for fear, their hearts failing and for looking after those things that are coming on the earth for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. Frightful things. But people are already seeing it. But there are some people that they're just seeing the things that are overwhelming them. In a couple of places, it talks about in, in Psalms 143, it says, my spirit has become overwhelmed within me and my heart within me is desolate. And that's the condition of so many people. We sing in Psalm 61, Hear my cry, O Lord, and attend unto my prayer. From the ends of the earth I'll cry unto you. It says, And when my heart is overwhelmed, and it's like a pleading, lead me to the rock that's higher than I. I need something greater than I'm able to generate for myself. When my heart is overwhelmed, but Jesus has said, He come to heal the brokenhearted. Just for time, I'm just going to quote a couple of places in Psalm 16, just from verses 8 to 9, if you want to know what we ought to do. It says, I've set the Lord always before me, because he's at my right hand, I shall not be moved, and therefore my heart is glad, and my glory rejoices, and my flesh also shall rest in hope. There's a great change that happens in people when the Lord comes into their life. It talks about, as it were, giving us a heart transplant. Taking something that's been weakened and misshapen and fixed it, and the comfort that's attached to that is wonderful indeed. We're told in Psalm 19 that the statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. If people are looking for the things to lift them up, you want to come to the Lord about those matters because he will take care of you. In Psalm 27, he said, I would have fainted unless I'd believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And then we're told in verse 14 to wait on the Lord and be of good courage and he will strengthen your heart. And then you're reminded, wait, I say, on the Lord. And we're told that the Lord will be our portion. So what do we do in 22? Well, we hope we did something. Some people here might have had the wonderful experience of actually just preaching to somebody, just telling them simply about the experience that you have had. And they thought, oh, I want some of that. 
and they came along and they joined. And there's people all around the world that are doing that at the moment. There's reports all over the place of people being baptised, filled with God's Holy Spirit. There's healings that are taking place in people's lives. All of that is, is what's available to everybody. But what will we see in 2023? Unfortunately, I'll tell you some of the things that you'll see because the Bible tells us. For those people who know 2 Timothy chapter 3, it talks about you're going to see more of the perilous times. You're going to see more of the things that are going to break people's hearts and cause them just to curl up, as it were, in the corner of their room and stay at home and not have much hope around the place. Unless they hear the things that we know, that's their state. They don't hear the preaching of the gospel and have their, their broken heart healed. They're going to see things that are hard to bear. They're going to see people that are self-centered. There's going to be greed, disobedience, thanklessness, unholiness. People will be left without the lack of natural affection. They'll be, they'll be left with a lack of that. They won't be taken care of. They'll be surrounded by people without self-control. They'll be fierce. They'll be despising of good things. You're going to see that in 2023. We're going to see more of the wars and the rumours of wars, the earthquakes, the famines. There's going to be betrayal. There's going to be hatred. There's going to be all of those things. But the Spirit of the Lord is on me. And every single one of us should be saying that. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. And the Lord has sent us that we might see those good things happen. That we might see... Where that uh, uh, the, uh, the the broken hearts healed, that we might see those things that Jesus said, "Well, I'm able to do those things, and I'm going to impart those things to you." What we're looking to see in 2023 is that other people will also be set free. Amen. That's what we're looking for, folks, for 2023. The Lord has done wondrous things for us. We're not going to diminish in any way that people here might have had their tragedies and difficult things and they've felt that, that they know what the Lord's talking about, about this stress on the heart. And then but keep your hopes up and talk around because you'll find people that have experienced all of that and they say, oh, and the Lord has healed that in me now. I was troubled for a time. There was recovery that's available. This world is in a state, brokenheartedness. In 2023, we've got the chance that we might set people free. Amen. Amen.